Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We embark on a new journey here on the Prospects and Props podcast. If you thought the draft class recap series was a fun one, we've got an even better one for you starting here today. We're going back division by division, hopefully in the same order that we did the first time. We're not really no. sure. We're not really sure as recording this. What I know we started with the AFC, so we're going to be one for one, but we are going to go through every single team. We are going to look at potential offensive and defensive rookie of the year candidates for every team, and we will also look at, if, if, it, if it applies, where that player currently sits in the full rookie of the year market for their respective positions. So this should be a lot of fun. Should allow us to kind of deep dive into uh, the roles for these specific players in year one. I kind of did a show like this for TD and Daily Jamie a couple of weeks ago where I talked about the biggest year one impact rookies for all of these teams. And it'll be fun to look at the players that we think statistically will be able to do the most in year one for all of these teams. So we will start with the AFC East. We start with the Buffalo Bills, and if we are talking about Offensive Rookie of the Year candidates, I don't know how we don't start with Dalton Kincaid, the tight end. Yeah, so I just did the quick math while you were leading into that. Dalton Kincaid right now is 16th in Offensive Rookie of the Year odds, courtesy of FanDuel, at 40-1. to uh, Obviously, this is an unlikely option uh, for you, but I do think it is an interesting conversation considering how he might be used. Now... Typically, you want to have some caution when it comes to year one tight ends. There is tends to be a little bit of a transition period from college to the NFL game. where You rarely see a tight end come in and just have a monster impact right away. The exception to that, and obviously let's not talk about what happened last year, uh, was Kyle Pitts. Uh, and he came in, had a thousand yard season as a rookie, but he was used more as a traditional receiver which then leads you to the question of how will Dalton Kincaid be used in Buffalo? And we've heard some comparisons along the way about uh, the Cole Beasley replacement from a couple years ago, the him being the slot, the big slot option for him, which makes him a little bit more intriguing. And Chris, I saw you had your hand up there. What what what's uh, what comes across your mind when I talk about that usage for Dalton Kincaid? So it, the the Bills do not run twelve personnel a lot. No. They do not put themselves in a situation where they have two traditional tight ends lined up on the end of the line of scrimmage hand in the dirt. That is not what they do. And I have said this when we went through this draft class originally, that they were going to have to get creative in the way that they use him in order to successfully go into 12 personnel and be a threat in the passing game. They have to have a balanced attack on the ground. And we yeah. know that that's been probably the biggest criticism of this Bills offense is their inability to consistently run the football. So now we entertain this new possibility and the second thing I want to add, Jamie, is I don't know if you if you know what the slot wide receiver depth chart looks like for the Buffalo Bills, but it certainly appears as it's not. And this is where I think the opportunity is going to be there. Here are the three people that are listed in order on the depth chart for the Buffalo Bills for the slot spot. Deontay Hardy, Khalil Shakir, Keyshawn Johnson. No, not that Keyshawn Johnson. No, the former Cardinal, right? The Those are the, that's yeah, that is the slot receiver room. So when people talk about how oh they're going to use Dalton Kincaid as a big-bodied slot receiver, you can see how they're going to get there when you consider the makeup of that room currently. Yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not great. I, I know you. They could possibly work in 
Justin Shorter in some slot. Okay, but so but there. but look at it from this perspective. Are they more like, than likely yeah. going to put their first round pick in that spot or, or their fifth, fifth round, round pick in yeah. that spot? No, 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 no I, I feel you. I, I I hear what you're saying, and I think that's where this opportunity comes for him. Uh, obviously, you have Diggs and and, and and obviously Diggs will rotate in and play a little slot from time to time. But uh, Diggs and Davis are the outside guys, and then they're going to have an opportunity there. Uh, the question will be, will Kincaid like? I want to be cautious because everything feels like a possibility in May, if you know what I mean. And Mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot in in when I do my fantasy projections and and all of that stuff that'll also be coming out. And we'll talk about fantasy projections, which then go into player props, which will be the tie in here for the prospects and props show. True. Everything feels like a possibility right now. The world is our oyster. We haven't got to camp yet. We don't know what where everybody's lining up. So it feels like, oh, yeah, they can just play Dalton Kincaid in the slot. That's his best chance to succeed, and that's the clearest path for him to have a year one impact. We just need to see it happen first. But, yes, not having Cole Beasley, not having Isaiah McKenzie, all, all of those things really open up that opportunity for someone to snag that role in Buffalo. Um, we're not going to try to – force somebody in here as the defensive rookie of the no, year there, there okay, not, we're, we're gonna like, no Dor- okay. dorian williams might be able to have a, a role in year one i think they'll slowly work him into a starting running uh, running back starting linebacker spot at some point uh but i also imagine that they spent a third round pick on terrell bernard uh and i am and matt milano is still there and i, I just i feel like at that point and, I, and again i don't know if Dorian is going to be a, the true mike for them at, down the road so i don't really know where his role is going to be in year one there's not an option here. You're not. You're not betting on any bills. Did they draft another? Oh yeah, Alex Austin. Yeah, Who I like a lot, but what did not happen. Let's move to the Miami Dolphins, Jamie and I. This is a fun conversation because I'm going to phrase it to you this Ooh. way. I think the likely offensive candidate here is Devon Achain. FanDuel agrees with me. They have Devon Achain's offensive rookie of the year odds higher than Dalton Kincaid's, which I think is a fun little subplot to this. They have him at thirty to one to be the offensive yeah. rookie of the year. Please, I, I, you're rubbing your head in it. I, I know you had some, you know, you were dealing with some sickness before the start of the show. I don't think it's related to that. I no. think you are you are pained over the idea of Devon Achain having a role in an offense that is very similar to San Francisco's, in which they have forty-seven running backs on the roster at all times, and they just rotate through. Yeah, but it also, again, to me, for Devin A-Chain to get significant workload, he needs two injuries in front of him. Now, the two players in front of him have the, have the greatest, yeah, they have a great profile of staying healthy. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. The problem is, is to win Rookie of the Year, particularly over the more pass-catching options or quarterback options, by the way, which you actually have this year, which we didn't have to really worry about last year because really Pickett was the only one in contention. You're going to need to get a lot of production and you're going to need to get a lot of it throughout the year. Yes, it's possible that he has a strong second half and you can you can put eight or ten games together of starting running back ability to enter into the conversation, but it's going to put him behind the eight ball a little bit. Raheem Mostert is the lead back on this roster. Jeff Wilson is going to be a guy that gets a lot of short yardage red zone work as well. I just don't see what, – what were the odds on him? What were they giving you? Uh, 30 to 1, plus 3,000. Okay, I think that's fair. Get a fair price. But it's higher than but Kincaid. I, I, but it's, I, better I odd, it's better odds than Kincaid, and I think that's the, the interesting conversation. No, I think, that's, I think that's fair because we don't know how Kincaid's going to be used yet. But we also don't okay. know how much of the workload d- – 
Devon Achan is going to have in the early going. So I think if you're going to True. if you're going to criticize, you can criticize them both either way. Here's the other thing that I would add to: it's not apples to apples. But remember, yeah, Kenneth Walker had a very good second half of the season. But it took him a little bit to work his way into getting the majority workload. Yeah. That worked against him in yes, the so rookie where, of... Where's his rookie of the year award? Right, he doesn't have it. It's it's yeah. in East Rutherford, New Jersey. One Jets yeah. drive. Yeah. It, it is. I'm, I'm glad they got a trophy of some sort. Uh, Two of them, actually. Yeah. So, that's true. They got both of them. <laughs> Two of them. Um, again, I... I don't hate the odds at 30 to 1. I just don't feel like it, it's super likely. Um, um, Cam Smith, the defensive pick for the Miami Dolphins. So that's going to be the I'm one gonna that I'm going to. about this, Chris. Because he's the only defensive player that I can pick. It's the only one that's allowed of uh, their draft class. I, and I want to ask you about this because I caught only part of it. Normally, I am a very religious listener to the TDN Daily. Oh, I you're going to. Okay. Live. Yes. Um, I, I, what, I had some happenings that I needed to take care of sure. when you did your most recent one, which which was on Friday. No, no. I guess this wasn't the Friday one. This would be the Thursday one that you did, actually. Mm-hmm. About uh, June 1 cut candidates. Yes. Did I hear you bring up some corner names? I did. Keon okay. Crossan was the name I brought up for the Dolphins. Okay. Alright, so obviously you still have Howard, you still have Ramsey, you still have uh, Kohu in the slot. But Cam Smith, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to pick him for defensive rookie let's be honest but he's got 45 to 1 those are his odds can i share with you the players that he's grouped with sure these are the players that are also at 45 to 1 brian brzee julius brents and dj turner i would take all three of those players over cam smith sure i would too but i none of them are great whoa whoa whoa. in terms Uh, of this award there's one DJ Turner would have to do – he'd have to have a sauce. Well, and, and I don't know – And I don't know if, if DJ Turner is going to slot in as a starter right away. That's Julius Brents will be a starter. Yeah, but you need, you need to have – like normally I would say you need to have ball production or you need to be a complete shutdown corner. Like well, sauce. and Sauce was a shutdown corner because Sauce, did, no, sauce, sauce didn't have sauce the ball production. Pro bowler. Correct. Let's be honest. Like, he, was, sauce was, he was a top five corner in the league last year. Yeah, Sauce would be in consideration for Defensive Player of the Year last year, period. Correct. Take the rookie acronym out of there. Like, so I, I don't foresee that from anybody. Brzee, interior, interior player's tough, right? Interior D yeah, lineman. That's sack production. Right, and so are you going to be able to get that? But that's the group he's with, and I would take all three of the players Cam Smith is grouped with over yeah. Cam Smith. And I think yeah. that's telling in that group. Uh, we go to the New England Patriots. We have to we have to attempt to pick an offensive player here. Um, well, uh, uh, yeah, um, no, no, that, you know what? That's my answer. You that's know what? That, answer. That's my answer too. Yeah, has spoken. Yeah, the dog has uh, spoken. There isn't one. I mean, let's be honest. But when, when the first time they draft an offensive player, sixth round is it Keishon Boutte? Well, they drafted yeah. interior offensive linemen. Are we? <laughs> do you want to count those as part of our? Oh, I guess it's right. case study uh, here. Yeah. I wonder. I, honestly, this is a good thought exercise. Okay. I wonder what. An offensive lineman would have to do to win rookie of the year. Well, we did we do this? Creed Humphrey or Rayshon Slater? Yeah, Rayshon Slater had a fantastic year. I will tell you, I'm looking. I'm looking at the list right now. There is not a single offensive lineman on the odds. Yeah, because it's just it's not going to happen. Keishon Butte and Demario Davis all at a hundred to one. Yeah, all at. Please just give us your money. Yeah, no, nothing's going to happen. I don't even think we have this argument. The question's going to be is how good can Christian Gonzalez? Well, he's got the fourth best odds on the defensive side at 11 to 1. 
fourth best. Fourth best. Tied with Devin I, Witherspoon. You want to guess the three people in front of Christian Gonzalez? I do. Okay. I do. This, one of them is not Devin Witherspoon. One of them is not Devin Witherspoon. I think this is pretty easy. Well, I, I assume Anderson and Tyree Wilson. Uh, there you go. Two two out of three. Um, It's going to be Jalen Carter. That's exactly who it is. Jalen Carter plus 600. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting, I'm not betting on Jalen Carter. But you, uh, but those are the, those are the three names. I mean, that I'm not surprised. Um, yeah, I, I would also, boy, I'm trying to see if I would consider anybody else. Like I'm looking through the names. What I consider, well, I guess we should probably say that for those other episodes. Yeah, don't, don't give a show before. Yeah, do don't show, do, don't do the show before the show. It's fine. Um, it's fine on those odds. Um, I, He's going to get an opportunity to play. It's going to be a lot of passing in that division. I, I just, I, yeah. I struggle. But he, I, he could get torched, and it's not an indictment of him as a talent. Yeah. He's Josh Allen twice, Aaron Rodgers twice, two with Tyreek Hill, Ty, you know, Jalen Waddle. Like those are tough assignments to be drawn. So here's the process that I go through when I, when we talk about these awards. It, it goes, what typically goes into winning? these like what is the most likely scenarios that you need to cash this bet instead of just talking in hypotheticals it's tough to bet on a corner period and i know a corner won last year they did so that's he did cause a, a, a did. reinvigoration of the market in terms of betting around corners but you either like i said you either you typically need to have significant high level top 10 at worst in the nfl ball production or you need to be Darrell Rebus and and have your own eye. It's tough to predict that for any of the corners ever coming out. Like we love Sauce last year. I wouldn't have picked Sauce to win Rookie of the Year. Also, last year. I thought he would have been in the conversation. Sauce is a better corner prospect prospect than any of these guys in this class were. Oh yeah, my yeah, No, I think that's 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 not a hot take. So if that's, that's how you're looking at these guys coming out, that they didn't match up to Sauce as a prospect coming out, it's tough to see them doing what Sauce did in his rookie season. To me, I think if you're looking the safest bets, you it's always easier to predict potential sack production than it is to predict mm -hmm. ball production. It just is. Yep. Let let you need less things. There are less variables that that are out of your control for a, an edge rusher than there is for a corner. Right, opportunity, 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 and there is a there is an easy number that everybody looks at to tell whether or not you've had a great season. And that number sometimes doesn't always tell the whole story because of who your yeah. teammates are, because of the opportunities that you get, because they're double teaming somebody else. Right? Think of how great Leonard Floyd was in in L.A. because they're double teaming Aaron Donald. Mm -hmm. Do you know who's still sitting on the free agency market right now, Jamie? Leonard Floyd. It's not signed yeah. right now, despite having that incredible sack production, because because teams are looking beyond it. But for the award, sometimes they don't do that. Yeah. The New York Jets are the last team for us Aaron to Rogers. discuss. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry That's sorry. not uh, no, rookie of the year. Rookie of the year. Yeah, that's kind of how it works. Um, I think the answer. The, the, there are two obvious answers for this. Yeah. It's on, on offense, and that we can we can rehash a debate that we had. No, I, I I do not want to hear you talk about is he abandoned Canada anymore? But yes, that that is the that's option. the pick. Yes, and I think the scenario there. What are his odds, by the way? I know he has odds. Uh, is he a band of Canada? Uh, Sixty to one. Okay, I can tell you who he's grouped with. If you'd like that, I would love that. Ta Tank Bigsby, Sam Laporta, Josh Downs, Michael Mayer, Tyler Scott, Israel Abandacanda, Zach Evans, Tank Dell, all at the sixty to one mark. There's some I like a lot more uh, than others. I like Josh Downs at sixty to one. 
Yeah, I, I even like Sam Laporta. I like uh, Tank Dell at 60 to 1. Yeah, so there are two or three in that group I just like more than two or three others. I like Tyler Scott at 60 to 1. Nah, it's not. There's this. You can, no. No. He's the third wide receiver on a team that's not going to pass that much. Don't. 16 to 9, 275 rushing yards a game. There it is. Cheap plug. Saying, got it in there. Snuck it in there in the AFC. Well, we'll save that for the we'll yeah, yeah. That Roshan that Johnson, but we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. We'll save that for the. Don't do the show yeah. before the show. Uh, no, so it, uh, the path here is that Izzy is able to work his way into a significant role early on while Brees is still healing, um, that Michael Carter doesn't look better than he did last year when he was running between the tackles, and he's able to kind of weasel his way into a significant role. Maybe there's a setback for Brees. Maybe he comes back and they he's not 100% yet, so there, there's you know a, a pitch count, for lack of a better phrase, on him. That That is the only conceivable path to this being him having any shot at winning offensive rookie. Here's my challenge. Izzy's going to more than likely have the reverse Kenneth Walker. Yeah, he's he going to be he's going to be good yeah. for the first 8 weeks and then once Brees Hall is back, Izzy is going to see a decrease in his workload. Now, all the scenarios you laid out, Jamie, are possible, but if we live in a world where Brees Hall comes back and is healthy and is 100% and is playing for the New York Jets, oh, Izzy's Izzy's not going to be able to put up enough numbers I think to do this. And that's the problem I, mean, I have with this. I might barely even see the field. The reality right. is this is a bet on Brees, Brees Hall's health, right? Like, yes. That's what this is. And I'm you, skeptical you are, of Brees being productive yeah. to what he was in his rookie season this season. You've heard me say this before behind closed doors. I'll say it here on the show now. I'm I'm incredibly concerned. We saw this with J.K. Dobbins, right? J.K. Dobbins with a very similar injury clearly came back too soon and was not productive. So I worry about the same thing with Brees. Maybe that's why they made the easy pick. Yeah. This this is a bet shorting Brees, yep, right? Were, like, yep, there's, no, yep. there's no other way around that. Uh, defensively, well, okay, well, I mean, you tell me, Chris. I mean, obviously, there's only one option here. Yeah, but it's like, not likely. Where, where is Will McDonald seeing the field? So, yeah, that's the problem. Will McDonald is 25-1 to 1 right now. Uh, he's in a group with Kalaja Kansi, Drew Sanders, Brian Branch, and Joey Porter Jr. at 25-1. to 1. Yeah, I don't like that group at all. Um, I guess Porter would – I like the best of that group, but, like, it's not a fun – like, I have no urge to bet on Will McDonald for this. I have no urge to bet on Drew Sanders not to do the show before the show. But Well, yeah, off-ball linebacker. Um, well, yeah. I mean, assuming. I guess, I mean, he has played edge as well. But my concern, my concern here with Will is you have a very recent case study of how the Jets handled a first-year edge player with Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson. And yeah. Jermaine Johnson did not see the field at a level that would be conducive of uh, – go ahead. And Will's not as good as Jermaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, Jermaine Johnson was better. Right, and so you're going into the season with Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers is the two veteran presence. You have Bryce Huff, who's going to be a third down DPR designated pass rusher, is just going to always be in there in those passing situations yep. and get after the quarterback. They love him in that role. And then you have Jermaine Johnson in year two. You have Michael Clemens in year two, who is yep. a player that they really like. He flashed a little bit. He is year. going to be a part of their long term answer at the edge group. I just named five guys. And then Will McDonald. Will McDonald could be edge six in a group. Now, if you want to come up with a situation where it's beneficial for Will McDonald, they rotate their pass rushers. They, no, nobody's going to have the lion's share 80% of the snaps on defense. Everyone's going to sit in that 50 to 60% range. And guys like Quinn and Williams are going to be towards the higher end of that, of that number. But they're going to rotate guys through. And so because of that, Will 
could see the field. But if you're telling me that he's going to see the field more than Michael Clemens, more than Jermaine Johnson, I just can't see it. And then, oh, by the way, you've got the established veterans in JFM and and Carl Lawson. So this is a move for two years from now, and there's no there's no second-year player award, but this is a move for when Carl Lawson um, and Bryce Huff are free agents. Those guys are going to move on, and then Jermaine and Michael Clemens and Will McDonald are then going to fill in those those gaps, and then they're going to have four or five pass rushers. So this, to me, at 25-1, to one, uh, they're trying to steal your money because he's up there, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, he's in the top 15 yeah, of odds, it, and I just can't get there. I can't see it. it. There, there's a New York tax that's associated with this. Yeah, I, I agree, Chris. And, and look, even if he comes in rotationally, like nobody – and again, it's not apples to apples because this guy didn't play on defense until they, literally Thanksgiving. But no player last year as a DPR was better in that role than James Houston the right. second half of the season last year. And we didn't even – he wasn't even in the discussion. Guy had a sack on every other play. Yeah. So like it just it's not gonna happen, not gonna happen for Will McDonald. No, I, I I just don't see it. This was a this was a pick forward down the road. So if the Jets are gonna have a a rookie of the year candidate, it's gonna be on offense with Izzy, and even that's I don't very unlikely. All right, so now let's let's end the show with this, Chris. Okay. If we had to bet on one person from each in this division oh, to win man. one of the awards, <sighs> it's Christian Gonzalez for defensive rookie of the year. That's the only one I feel comfortable with. Over Dalton on offense and AJ on offense. Here's why. He, he, and let's see if you agree with this thought process. The best I, player of the group? I, he's the best player of the group, and I know, I know he's going to be out there starting day one. Yeah. I don't know what Dalton Kincaid's going to look like in this Bills offense. I don't know what um, A-Chain's workload's going to look like early. You know what I do know? One of the two starting corners out there for the New England Patriots in week one's going to be Christian Gonzalez. So I'm betting on he's going to be out there for 17 weeks, barring an injury. And just on that premise alone, he's the guy that I would pick on May 15th to be the, the, the award winner in this division. I think that's fair. Um, I debated a little bit with Dalton Kincaid at his odds at 40 to 1. He would be the offensive player I'd pick. I'd pick what him over Christian H. Odds? He's 11 to 1. Okay. That's I think that'll be the tiebreaker for me. If I am going to sprinkle a small I don't love anything in this division by the way, but if I'm going to sprinkle a little bit, I'll sprinkle the four, on the 40 to 1 versus 11. I'm not going to sprinkle on on, on A chain right now. Um just and and that is simply a bet on him basically becoming Buffalo Evan Ingram. That 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 is what I, in year one. That is my bet that I would make okay. at forty to one. But I agree with you. The most likely of this division and the best player uh, of this division uh, in, in that has that option to win one of those two awards is Christian Gonzalez. But eleven to one just I don't feel like is good enough value for me personally. But your logic is sound. Right. I think that needs to be the default position. Right. I'm going to always default to the best player and the player that I know has an immediate starting role in week one. If I'm if I'm debating a couple of different players. Right. Here's the thing, Chris. You're going with logic. I'm going with ooh shiny object. And I went ooh shiny object at 40 to one. Well, I will tell you, going ooh shiny object worked for you very handsomely for the draft. Not this. Yes, but not this. Not this early on. It didn't. No, that's fair. That's that's fair. That's fair. It's a little early for us to do that. I didn't make my first draft bet last year until July. We'll see what happens. I know. We'll see if I, I'll see if I wait. You, I imagine, already, imagine folks, Jamie said that as if it was going to be some like, oh, it was only, and then he thought about it, and then he said July, and then please go see, if you're just a podcast listener, you need to go see the YouTube version, because then it clicked in Jamie's head that like, oh, July, I'm a sociopath. Like, I made a bet on the NFL draft yeah. in July. That is early. Holy it smokes. Hit, though, sadly. Um, what, what was it? it? It was Will Levis to go one overall. 
So you been you were you started that bandwagon like I, way I, early. I, that's the thing, guys. Like I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you when I'm wrong. I'll tell you when I'm not wrong. But like I'm nothing if not consistent. Oh, you are consistent. Um, we are consistently going to continue to go through these draft classes and look at the offensive and defensive rookie of the year candidates for all of these teams. Jamie, you seem you said you seemed like you wanted to say something. I had something to say. I want to say, and I now I've completely forgotten because of how great of a segue that was to a close. Oh yeah, so I now I remember. Okay, uh, it's about the a draft bet for 2024. Um, already you just said you weren't making any bets now you've got one I'm not I didn't say I'm making one yet but there was one that I looked at that is already very interesting um, there is a Caleb Williams or the field bet available at FanDuel take the field right now, take the field take the field take the field take the, the field. fields at like plus 210 take the field take the field so that is I will say this as good as Caleb Williams is the only player that I can remember in recent memory that went coast to coast as one one was Trevor Lawrence since um, I, yeah. started the year, because if you remember, we had like a, a Cam Newton had a glow up. Joe Burrow had a glow up. Andrew Luck, but that was before Trevor. But that was 2012. Yep. So, no, no, I'm talking about even before. So, so since probably like, let, all right, all right, I'm going to get derailed here. Number one picks. Yeah, I would take the field, not because I don't like Caleb, but just like the field is good value at plus 210. No. So I'm I'm trying to look back. So let's let's go back in reverse order here. Okay. okay. Bryce Young, no, no, he wasn't. I uh, Trayvon Walker wasn't. Was not wasn't until the last week of the year. Trevor Lawrence, yes. So that's one. Yep. Okay. Joe Burrow, no. No. Kyler Murray, no. Baker Mayfield, we didn't no. know until the day, day of passed. that no. he was going to be the number one. Miles Garrett, no. No. Jared Goff, no. no. Jameis Winston, no. No, there was debates on what they were going to do there with that pick. There was some debate there. Right. Uh, that's a close, but no. Jadavion Clowney, yes. Yep. So there's your he last defensive coast. player that went coast to coast. Eric Fisher, no. Luck, yes. Cam Newton had a glow up. Sam Bradford had a glow up. Stafford might have been. I can't remember off the top of my head if Stafford went. SEC, SEC quarterback, he might have. I don't remember. So, but like, But let's just go, if we just go from the last, what would this be? 15 years? 14 years. Right. You've seen two quarterbacks do it and one defense. So three players in 14 years. Well, and, and look at Clowney and Lawrence. Yeah. And look at it from this perspective. We are not saying that Kayla Williams is not going to be a first round pick. It's just going all in on this idea that he's absolutely no doubt slam dunk the number one pick. The history and the track record tells you that that's not going to be the case. Yes. Yeah. Usually the player we project one like like here, here's an and again i didn't mean to go off on this tangent That's but I, i'm gonna pull up the last two way too early mock drafts that we have done on the draft network okay, okay. i i mean i have I to just who, i have to sit here and I'm wait for you i can filibuster but you're the one that's got to pull yeah no stuff i know up. i'm the one that's looking it up yep. um hold on a second here all right here we go you, you, you this is your rabbit hole i can't help you get out of it no, no i got it okay so we had last year the one one was CJ Stroud, which was close. Sure, but, but not. But we would have not, lost. But, but we would have lost, lost the bet. Money. Yeah. This doesn't count. Uh, the previous year, one one, was Spencer Rattler, who is Ooh. still in school somehow. I will tell you. Hold on. I think he's on my list of quarterbacks because today starts my quarterback watching schedule. I'm watching Caleb later today. Uh, I believe Spencer made my list. I'm excited. I mean, he should he, he should be on your list. He's on my list. Uh, the, tw the 2021, okay? Okay, so you said you were only going to do I two, and you ended up going further back. Oh, I did, but this one didn't carry over. I assume that was Lawrence. I'm just going to – so I, I, I see if I could find 2020. I don't know if I can find 2020 if it still exists out in the world. 
Uh, but I think um, the, the, the point that you're making, Jamie, point. is that wire to wire is very difficult to do, and it's not indicative of the player. It's indicative of the yes. cycle, right? There's 20, oh, yeah, 2020 was, a lot of it was Chase Young. Fatigue like, sets in very too. quickly. It does. And again, I, I know we saw it with Lawrence, but Lawrence is a Lawrence and Luck were special cases that go back to high school. Now, I'll add two they caveats to this. murdered a man on the field. I will add two caveats to this. Caveat number one, if USC is really good, and I'm talking undefeated college football playoff level buzz, I'm not talking what they did last year. I'm talking in the last couple of weeks, if they are in it and they're undefeated and they are, they are dancing, then I think we can start talking about this. But if they lose a game or two early, Jamie, people aren't staying up till 10 o'clock. I just know this. They're not doing it. Okay, so right now, their path, teams that I'd be worried about for them. Utah always gives them trouble. Do they have Oregon State on their schedule? They do not, but they've got Oregon. Do they have Washington on their schedule? They do. That scares the ever-living crap out of me. They go home Washington at Oregon back-to-back weeks. That's tough. And then they have the – obviously, they end with the – I mean, look, their stretch – uh, really from mid-October on is, is minus one game is tough. It's like at Notre Dame, home Utah, at Cal, home Washington, at Oregon, home UCLA. Like Notre, Notre Dame might be tough in the middle of the season. Utah might be tough in the middle of the season. That last three stretch of Washington at Oregon, UCLA is tough. Now listen, I'm critical of this team. I do not think they are going to be as good as everybody else thinks they are going to be. But don't immediately think that USC is just going to walk into Deion Sanders' new home in Colorado and roll over the Buffaloes. Don't assume They're a significantly better team. They are, but it's a road game against a coach that's got a lot of buzz around him. And if he can get that team rolling early. I would be more scared if that was week zero, week one type of a thing. I'm a little bit less worried at the end of September. Just because I feel like some of that buzz is... is Well, especially especially if Colorado starts terribly. And let let me pull up their schedule real quick. I don't don't know how we got here, but we're here. Yeah, I know. We're we're looking to see it. But, like, I mean, I expect them to be 6-0 going into that stretch we just talked about. Oh, Colorado's got a tough schedule. At TCU, home against Nebraska, home against Colorado State, and at Oregon are their four games ahead of USC. Yeah, for Dion is going to swiftly end once they get on the field. Yeah, I'm, I'm... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, again, USC would, they need to, that's caveat number one, they need to run the table. And caveat number two is Caleb Williams has got to stay healthy. Yes. But I will say this, if USC runs the table with this and then they face, you know, and they win the Pac-12. And they play an SEC school in the. They're going, I mean, they might even, depending on their one loss, they might be in playoff contention. This isn't, it's not an easy schedule. I know it's tough for the Pac-12, but like the Pac-12 is actually really good with some really good quarters. There's going to be a lot of good reasons to stay up late. In, in the college. And trust me, when we start, because Prospects and Props is not just going to be looking at NFL games. I'm going to have college bets for everybody every oh, yeah. week, mid-majors. I mean, you know you know what I'm going to do. We're going to be staying up late on the West Coast, sweating out some some Pac-12 overs. I'll tell you that right now. It's absolutely going to happen. All his, yeah, Chris is going to try to win all of his money back for the day on the Hawaii game. Yeah, I've done I've done it before. I I, I have oh, yeah. been the person who's like, I've had a bad day. Let's get it all back with the late well, Hawaii game. We have game. a friend that helped encourage that at one point for yep. us, too. Yep, <laughs> he is the exact reason why I do it. So, okay, <laughs> that is going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. Uh, the new series that we are starting here, uh, we're going to go through all these teams, look at uh, obvious offensive uh, and defensive rookie of the year candidates for all these teams, have great conversations, look at the odds, and discuss the pathway for these players to have immediate roles and to be immediate impact players for all these teams in year one. So greatly do appreciate you all being here, rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast you can follow me on twitter at chris schubert underscore you can follow jamie on twitter at jamie eisner everybody have a great rest of your monday talk to you tomorrow 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.